You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are Canada's number one tech radio program. We've got an interesting show today. Uh, we will uh, be talking about a new partnership between Elon Musk's Starlink internet satellite service and T-Mobile down in the U.S. to essentially eliminate cell phone dead spots because they're going to have satellites connecting with people's cell phones. That's some crazy stuff. It really is. So we're going to talk about the implications of that. And what is Elon Musk's end game? Is he going to launch his own cellular service down the road from his satellite network? That would uh, change things dramatically. Uh, we will also be chatting uh, with an interesting guest. Uh, his name is uh, Jordan from Oceans. Oceans uh, Brands. They make the canned tuna, you know, get those big packs at uh, Costco. Well, he's going to talk about sustainability when it comes to tech in the workplace. You know, all the gear that they have to go through in a big company like that and what type of sustainable tech that they buy. And also just looking at kind of the, the new working environment. You know what I mean? Like, because we can work from home now, I think a lot of people are finding that they're they're answering emails and texts, you know, late into the evening. Working harder, not smarter. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to uh, talk about uh, how they're trying to help their employees with that uh, as well. And uh, John has got finally his new handheld gaming deck in, the Steam Deck. You've been waiting a year for this. Yes. This is the ultimate handheld gaming device. It's like a full gaming computer into almost looks like a Nintendo Switch on steroids. Yeah, like a beefed up switch. Well, we'll tell you uh, all about that and why you might want one. But let's get into some of the tech news, uh, John. Uh, this is an interesting story. France is going after people with swimming pools because they have to pay extra tax there. And they're using artificial intelligence to, to sniff them out now. Yeah, this is really crazy where they're just using photos taken from planes and satellites and things like that. And AI is actually scrubbing them, looking for telltale signs of a swimming pool. That wouldn't be that hard. I mean, couldn't you just use Google for that? Probably, yeah. 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 But then I guess something's got to go through and find them. That's right. Yeah. So I wonder if there's a, a, a new sub-market of camouflage covers for your, <laughs> your swimming pool. <laughs> well, it's opened up an, an extra 10 million euros in tax revenue for the government over there. Yeah, that's a lot of people with pools that aren't probably very happy though. No. Technology has uh, thwarted them and their love of swimming without paying taxes. Right. I guess. But uh, another example how artificial intelligence is uh, making the world a better or worse place. I don't know what that is yet. Uh, this is kind of interesting. We've talked about Truth Social before, John. This is um, Donald Trump's version of Twitter. Yes. It's on the uh, the Apple App Store. Yeah. So if you're an iPhone user, you can get it. But Google still won't let them go on the Google App Store for Android. Gee, I wonder why. Well, they're saying that the app fails to moderate violent user content. Yeah. Because a lot of those users are threatening the lives of the FBI agents that were involved in that raid recently and probably lots of other people that have different views on things. I wonder why Apple doesn't. 
Yeah, that is kind of interesting. If anything, I think the opposite would be true. I wonder if it's coming though. Do you know what I mean? Like with Google drawing a line in the sand here, if enough Apple users start speaking up. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting how much power some of these tech companies have for better or for worse again. Well, that was kind of Trump's whole point though, was that- Starting true social, because he got banned from Twitter, right? Right. And and several other- Yeah. Socials, (laughs) media sites and, and apps. Yeah. But that's, that's always been sort of the whole thin line with things like censorship. Who decides what is to be censored? Yeah. Like, I think there has to be some semblance of yeah. rules Absolutely. In, in public discourse. Yeah, but we've also seen lots of people that are the human moderators of these types of systems and how much PTSD they suffer from because they have to see the dark side of humanity on these services. Yeah, it's challenging. Um, and then, but then if you have AI do it, it gets a little too aggressive. Then, then everyone gets mad because now the robots, the computers are deciding what's good and what's bad and that's wrong. But again, you know, for the listeners out there, when you're dealing with these social media platforms, the Twitters and Facebook, for example, 2 billion active users. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have enough humans to monitor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it has to be. We have another planet full of humans that are just <laughs> moderators. <laughs> on Mars. Yeah. On Mars. But yeah, I, I don't know where it's going to go with Truth Social. Like, can they moderate that? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't think they have the resources to do. No, they don't. What Facebook is doing. No. And even Facebook can't keep up. No. So when you look at the Facebooks and, and the Twitters of the world that are capitalized into the billions of dollars, there's just no way. Like, True Social, I don't think, has raised that amount of money. We're going to have to take a break here. You're listening to Get Connected. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about the Steam Deck, an amazing gaming handheld on steroids, and uh, also about Tesla, or sorry, Elon Musk's Starlink, insert Elon Musk company here, (laughs) uh, and T-Mobile in the U.S., US eliminating cellular dead spots using satellite technology. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, a new handheld gaming console slash computer. It's called the Steam Deck. Uh, This has been highly anticipated by a lot of uh, gaming nerds out there. John, you being one of them. And I think you've had this on order for a year. Yes. The pre-order went up last summer actually July, I didn't order mine till August because I wasn't sure if I wanted it or not. And they just started shipping those orders in the last few weeks. So this thing looks like um, the Nintendo Switch, which is uh, a very popular Nintendo handheld right now, but this thing's on steroids. Yeah, it's a much bigger Nintendo Switch. Arguably a Nintendo Switch Pro, if you wanna go there. Like Uh, how big would you say this thing is? I'd say it's probably about 10 or 20% bigger than a Switch. Yeah. 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 So this thing has a giant screen. Uh, You hold it on both sides of the screen. It's kind of got some like little joystick controllers with track pads and uh, a million buttons as well for all the different games. So why why are the gaming nerds so excited about this? Well, the big thing about this is that it's it comes from the company Valve, who makes the Steam 
sort of uh, game system. So, so if you buy any games online for your computer, like your PC gaming, uh, or your Mac, or even Linux, and even co some console stuff, um, chances are those games are going to come through the Steam service. And so this is basically the physical manifestation of the Steam service in a handheld. It's truly a gaming PC in a handheld format. So you're not running Windows or anything on this. You can, yeah, but it comes with Steam OS out of the box and it does support and it works just like a Windows computer. Actually, I just installed Windows yesterday on it. Uh, Windows 10, Windows 11, whichever version you want. And it works and looks just like it. Steam or Valve actually makes drivers specifically for this hardware and Windows. So could you hook up a keyboard? Could you hook up an external monitor on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, that's how I've been using it most of the most of the time is I just have like a the same dongle I use on my MacBook that has an HDMI, multiple USBs, and a, a USB-C power. And that, that'll recognize the dongle. Yep. Yep. So you can you have HDMI out you to a monitor or TV to a TV yeah, yeah. Um, you have uh, the ability to plug in I was using a, a wireless keyboard and mouse uh, with it to sort of set it all up and log into all my games and all my accounts and th stuff like that and um, it's just been uh, a really fun sort of revisit for me because I, I've been away from gaming PCs for a long time because I've kind of been in the console land and there's just like there's literally thousands of games potentially available for this um, and what's really kind of neat about it is even though it's running it's basically running a version of Linux uh, it does some really interesting things so even if a game isn't natively for Linux uh, or it needs Windows to run they have their own version of something called Wine which is a Windows emulator essentially that will actually make it work and they've optimized it and they've got some you know different lists of games that are like verified good to go and then there's other ones that haven't been tested but should work it just really depends i, I actually have a really old um cd version of uh golden tea golf from like the 90s wow and i've been trying to get it to work but i keep running into a problem with like DirectX and all this type of stuff but there's ways to make it all work because you can actually install drivers and there's all these helper apps for it so pretty much any pc game almost ever made has the potential to work on this so what what can so you can play any computer game any pc game on this thing that's ever been made yes it even like these new 3d call of duty yes the triple a titles as they're called yeah. yeah the biggest one right now so is, this is powerful enough this has got a powerful enough yeah. cpu and graphics card built into it's, it it's got a very powerful amd uh graphics card yeah and uh depending on the size that you buy they, they come in three different models there's a 64 gig there's a uh 256 gig and there's a 512 gig for storage yeah but you can also put up to a terabyte of sd card storage in there as well i got the 256 and i have actually have a 512 gig expansion on there and you can you can swap oh there we go <laughs> it's into screensaver mode um but it's um really interesting because you have the ability to like i have windows on an sd card so when you want to run windows on this you just put a little memory card in i just shut it down swap the cards and boot up windows and is it work just as well it works better than the other windows laptops i have at home really it's more powerful yeah yeah so this is like a little portable computer you just take with you. I mean, you could just run everything right on the unit itself. There's some people that literally use this as a work computer. And when they're traveling, they plug it into their hotel TV. Yeah. And you just have a wireless mouse and keyboard and you have a very powerful machine. The nice thing is you swap out the, uh, the memory cards, you're back in game mode. So 
Steam, uh, again, is its kind of own operating system now. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a gaming operating system. Yeah. You, you yeah. would call it. Yeah. And there's like thousands of games available. Yes. On there. Yeah. And there's a whole community about it. So so you can join the community. There's like achievements and all that kind of stuff. Kind of like the Xbox and PlayStation networks as well. Yeah. But it's not just the computer. Like you've got emulators on this thing too. Yeah. Well, there's something really cool called EmuDeck, which is emulatorsonthedeck.com. Yeah. EmuDeck.com. It's basically a file that you just run. Uh, you, you switch this to desktop mode and essentially it's like a Linux desktop computer. Yeah. Um, there's a browser. You go to uh, a website, emudeck.com. You click one file and it will auto install every emulator pretty much for every console. So like, give me some names of consoles. Uh, pretty much every Nintendo console, pretty much every Atari console computers. I have the Atari 800 computer emulated on this. Oh, see, I... Commodore 64, yeah. Timex Sinclair, uh, ColecoVision, ColecoVision, Intellivision, Intellivision, you name it, it's there. And these things run phenomenally. These work, I mean, it's been a long time since I've used a handheld gaming system that plays emulators properly. I've played around a lot, as you know, with, oh, I know. with the Odroid stuff. Yeah. And those are like good, but they're not super powerful for the, like the latest and greatest games. This is that and a whole lot more. The big thing, though, f for people that are listening is the fact that you can actually now order this and you'll probably get it in a month or two, whereas I had to wait a year. <laughs> still a long time. Well, but think of Christmas presents, right? Yeah. So, But yeah, after waiting a year, a month or two is not bad. No, no. no it's, it's, it's crazy how fast they've ramped up production. And it's clearly a sign that the chip shortage is over yeah. uh, or, or at least winding down a bit. So this looks like an elongated, large um, hardcover book almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tablet with a controller slapped on either end of it. Yeah, but it, I mean, it feels nice in the hands here. And the screen is giant. Yeah. It's bigger than a Nintendo Switch screen, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. 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 There's a bit of a bezel around it, though, so it's it's a little misleading that way. Yeah. But it's a beautiful machine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be here to stay? I mean, we've seen a lot of these types of well, it's interesting. Um, Valve just put out a sort of a brochure about this and sort of their how they got here and where they're going with it. And they've already sort of said that there's this is their future. Yeah. Um, having a, a console that people can use to play their systems on, play all their favorite games, their ecosystem is is there and available and it's been working for years. Now you actually have a dedicated console that's the level playing field for everybody. So are, are they competing against like Xbox and Sony PlayStation and Nintendo? To a degree, yeah. 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 What's interesting, and I, I haven't done it yet, but we're gonna actually going to put xCloud, X, Xbox gaming on this because... Because you can play Xbox games from the cloud. Right, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the Xbox Game Pass for PC also works on this as well. So, I mean, it would be like a portable Xbox. Yeah. 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 And the other really interesting thing too is like... It has controllers built into it. Yeah. But say you really like your Xbox controller, well, you can just pair it to it and use that as well. So any of these Bluetooth game controllers? Any any Bluetooth game console. And I've already paired one of my, one of my Xbox controllers with it, and it works beautifully, especially with all the emulators. How much are these things? Well, <laughs> this is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, this is the 256, is sort of the mid-range one. Um, I paid just over $700 for it. Uh, Canadian. Canadian. Taxes and shipping. There was about $80 in import fees. It's not bad for a high-end gaming machine. Well, and you know, we, we've done a lot of reviews of like uh, gaming laptops 
and they're not cheap. Oh no, they're like two, three, four thousand dollars. Yeah, this Easy. one you can take with you. Yeah, on the bus and yeah. and or on the plane or whatever, and it's you know that, that's the, the selling point for a lot of people for this particular thing is you have your big gaming PC set up at home, but you want to take those games with you sometimes. Yeah, uh, especially if you're, everyone's traveling again. So this is the perfect thing for that. Talking all about uh, Valve's new Steam Deck. This is like a, a portable gaming console with a beautiful large screen on it, but it's also uh, like a full Windows computer uh, as well. So you can kind of do the best of both worlds. And, you know, $700, a lot of money, but at the same time, like this is a high-end computer. Yeah, and that's the mid-tier one. There's one that's a little bit cheaper. Um, I think it's about four ninety nine Canadian. It, is it less powerful? Nope, just has less storage. So it's just, you're paying more for more storage. Yeah, and the nice thing about this... <laughs> Valve actually has made it basically very repairable. And they, aside from if you cause any damage, you're not even going to void your warranty by opening it. And you could replace that 64 gig of storage with your own one terabyte of storage if you want. How much to. are they going for, the, the, the bigger memory cards? They're, <laughs> they're not inexpensive. Uh, to get a one terabyte SD card, it's about 250 bucks right now. It's not bad. It's not bad. No. I got a 512 and it was about 100 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's affordable. Yeah. And the nice thing is you can have multiples of them. Yeah. Just kind of switch them out. Yeah. We're going to have to take a break. Still a lot more to talk about here on Get Connected, including Tesla and their Starlink internet satellite service. They're doing a deal with T-Mobile down in the U.S. to provide increased satellite phone coverage. We'll tell you all about it back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here in studio. It's been a crazy couple of years, uh, John, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of changes with work environments, including ours. Uh, we're finding that people can work more from home now, which has been good and bad, <laughs> I think, for yep. a lot of folks. Yep. What are companies, though, doing uh, as far as overall sustainability and kind of looking after their em employees? We've got an interesting guest with us today. His name is Jordan Laboon. He is the director of IT for Ocean Brands. You might be familiar with them. They're a, a Jimmy Patterson company. Uh, they uh, do a lot of uh, different types of specialty foods, and you know them probably from their canned tuna as well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us. So why do we have a, a canned tuna company on, on the show today? Well, I wanted to get you on because uh, Oceans, uh, they're all about sustainability. Uh, you know, obviously getting more package or more plastic out of the packaging, making sure they're, uh, you know, catching their fish sustainable, sustain. How do you say that? Sustainably. It, sustainably. <laughs> it's been a long morning already. Um, so you're a director of IT. Like, how does that trickle down to what you do? Well, that is very much uh, part of our, our company's purpose is, is being social change and, and environmental change. And we want to see how can IT participate in that because we're not a tech company. And so we've been working really hard over the last few years of finding ways that tech can also participate in that environmental uh, change. Uh, through the company and so we've done that both through the actual tech side and also through the process side uh, uh, to make it um, just provide that change and be able to contribute like uh, everybody else in the company is when i look at tech I, I i know the industry is trying to move obviously to more recycling and being more sustainable uh, but a lot of the stuff still gets thrown away into landfills yeah, and, and that's a hard problem and one that we encounter uh, a lot. And But there's some nice solutions coming out. Uh, one that we've recently tried is uh, we switched some of our laptops to a new startup called Framework. And uh, they actually designed laptops to be upgradable and repairable from day one. Uh, so uh, if something breaks, we can just order the part. Every part is available. 
and uh, they've uh, really released an upgrade. So the new Intel 12th gen chips are out. And if you need that, you can now actually swap out your CPU and, and, and get a new processor, which before was never the, the case. And a lot of them now with RAM being soldered on, you can't even upgrade RAM. But uh, here you can upgrade RAM, your Wi-Fi, everything. So it's your battery if your battery starts giving out after a few years. So it's, it's a really cool product. And didn't they used to be upgradable? <laughs> like John and I have been in the tech game for a long time. And I remember when laptops in the early days, you could replace the RAM easily, the batteries, the Wi-Fi modem. Yeah, but not the CPU or the, yeah, the, that's true. the main board, really. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm curious, Jordan, is, is it cheaper? Is it about the same? Is it, I mean, it, obviously it's extending the life of that device. Yeah, the cost for us has worked out roughly equivalent. It's maybe a hair more expensive, yeah. but it, it, you know, nothing material. Right. Uh, so that's been really good uh, to about equivalent. Like if you're to buy from a, a Dell, Lenovo, um, kind of Apple kind of deal, similar specs. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really roughly equivalent in terms of, of the cost. So uh, that's a nice thing too, is you're not paying extra to get that, you know, future proofing or that uh, sustainability aspect that, you know, you can run your laptop a lot longer without, you know, having to worry about degraded performance or, you know, what you're going to do about it in, in three years. But like, how do your employees feel about it though? Like, what so, is what is a framework a laptop you know what i mean like they're used to dells and hps you know to be honest most employees it's just another laptop yeah. and that's good uh it's a nicely spec laptop so it performs well so at the end of the day they're not sacrificing they're not sacrificing no it, it's they have a, it's a positive experience they have a, a nice high-res screen it's uh, like i said they're they're well performing so for our needs in our business uh it, there's it's just a well-performing laptop for people and and it's just something that allows, and they like it because uh, almost always when you say, do you want the the Dell or the framework and the framework's more sustainable, almost everybody, you know, they want to contribute. So they, they well, but they I mean, that's your company's that. culture, right? That's Sustainability. Totally. Absolutely. Like you're B Corp cer certified. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what that means for those who aren't aware is, is B Corp certifies us that we actually are doing meaningful things to move along sustainability and, and social items uh, um, as a company. Uh, and, and that's very important to us and right down to everybody in the company. So if they choose the Dell, they have to work in the parking lot, is that? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> as long as they can get Wi-Fi, right? It's fine. Exactly. No, it, it's, it's, it's all good. It's, yeah. uh, um, at the end of the day, you still have to do your job. And, uh, you know, Framework's a young company, so they only have 14-inch laptops. So if you need something with a larger screen or something, that's still fine. We, we yeah. still... Um, we still respect people's needs. Um, that's part of, you know, you need a, you need the equipment to do your job and that's number one. But uh, if we can also do something that's more sustainable or uh, longer lasting, uh, we'll obviously favor that. So talking about sustainability, employees as well, keeping keeping them alive and, you know, work-life balance. It's been kind of weird the past couple of years. Like, how are you dealing with that? And obviously, you've had to have people work from home and now we're kind of getting somewhat back to normal. Like, what's happening? Yeah, so uh, like most companies, uh, those who could work from home did over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, our official policy is uh, you come to the office when you can, when it makes sense. Uh, so it's, that gives you a lot of leeway to uh, some people's jobs in our company. Obviously, dealing with physical product, you can't do it remotely. Uh, but a lot of people, they can or they can part-time. And so we spend a lot of time upgrading our tech and, and making it remote friendly. Uh, I called it first-class uh, technological citizens, no matter where you were. Whether you uh, were, you know, we've had some people now work in other continents or here, you know, the tech, the tech wise, same experience, whether you're in the office. So we, we did a lot towards that to make um, it a good experience. Um, and but we've also worked to try to uh, make sure that there haven't been any negative side effects um, around that. 
and now people can, now people can work twenty four seven. Yeah, well, that's one of the the potential downsides. Um, people that used to be in the office to work now uh, you can, you know, with the, the way phones grab you with notifications or stuff, it's very tempting, you know, to see something come in late, you know, uh, at eight o'clock p.m. and all of a sudden jump on that and stuff. So we have been uh, looking at like implementing in our processes to catch those kind of things. And one thing we'll be doing is holding a, a training in the near future, just how do you control your notifications on your phone and, and how do you work through that so that, yes, now you have these great remote tools, but can you also shape your tech so that uh, you know you, it's not bothering you and you can still, ha uh, after hours, and you can still work the hours that you're supposed to and have that work-life balance that we want our employees to have. So you're actually teaching them? Yeah. it's. Uh, it's Teaching them, um, you know, we don't don't expect them to learn everything by themselves for tech. That's a, that's our job to bring that to them. So, yeah, we 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 try to find what's out there, and and we do a lot of that. Uh, recently, is through the Center of Humane Technology. Uh, they put a free course. I recommend it for anybody in the tech industry. Uh, really looking at how uh, you can design things to be in a way that's very friendly to everybody, not just like from the pure business profit standpoint, which is obviously important, but also how it interacts with, you know, how it impacts people and, and what is the best way to, uh, just handle those situa handle situations where, uh, it may not be beneficial for everybody and, and to tackle that as part of the design process. We've been talking with Jordan Laboon. He is the director of IT over at Ocean Brands, a uh, probably uh, Canadian uh, company. They uh, probably see them a lot uh, in the grocery stores with their uh, you know different types of canned tuna and salmon. Uh, talking all about sustainability when it comes to tech and employees. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. When we come back, a little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Talking a lot about Elon Musk lately. <laughs> Evil genius or humanity savior? You choose. Why not both? Why not both? Well, they uh, just had a press conference uh, down in the United States uh, himself uh, and his SpaceX Starlink service with T-Mobile. And some interesting stuff is starting to happen, John. Starlink is a series of low Earth orbit satellites. You can actually see these sometimes. Yes. The weather to the chagrin of many astronomers. Yes. Yes. Uh, who say they block their view of celestial objects. Uh, nonetheless, his goal is to provide high-speed internet access around the world, no matter where you are, even in the remotest parts of Earth. And they've got over 400,000 subscribers already, many in Canada, where people weren't able to get high-speed internet access reliably or cheaply. Uh, and it's not cheap. It's, I think, 130 bucks a month. Yeah, and you can add 30 bucks to that if you are like have an RV or a mobile home or some kind of that thing that you need to move. Yeah. So you can actually have a on-the-move on the internet. Well, they uh, had a press conference with T-Mobile, and they're working on a collaboration. As you know, with cellular service, it's not available everywhere. They have to have ground-based antennas. Yes. Especially in the U.S., there's big chunks of the highways and byways that have no cell service whatsoever. Yeah, I, same with Canada. Yes. When, when you think about it, when I'm traveling uh, in the interior of British Columbia up through the mountains, it's dead. Yeah. The only thing working is my satellite radio. Yes. When I choose to subscribe to that. <laughs> uh, but with this collaboration, their goal is to eliminate all dead zones in the U.S. and U.S. territorial waters as well. So no matter where you are, once this starts 
kicking in, you will be able to access emergency cell phone service and texting. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to be streaming Netflix over this. No, not yet. No, but no. It, it's probably more of a regulate, regulatory thing as opposed to a, a physical limitation of their service. There's a lot of technology going on here to make this work. It's going to be part of their second generation of Starlink satellites. So you have apparently new antennas and technology uh, on there. Um, and there's a lot going on. These satellites are revolving at about 17,000 miles per hour around the Earth. And a cell phone signal has to travel 500 miles to hit that satellite. Wow. That's a lot. So at that speed, apparently the satellite has to compensate for the Doppler effect of moving so fast. Yeah. Doesn't it, it blow your mind that... It's making the, my head hurt thinking about... Yeah, the, that they've got people that can actually figure that out. Yeah. Well, it's essentially like putting a, a cell tower in the sky. Yeah. Uh, or in space, I guess. Um, but everything is moving and your your cell phone is so small. Like, <laughs> totally. Like, I mean, it's one thing to be like, you know with a giant antenna like on a ground based station to talk to the talk to space but your cell phone has got like the tiniest of tiny antennas yeah and for it to link up with something that's zooming around at that speed is crazy yeah so these new antennas on these uh, starlink uh, v2 satellites version 2 satellites they're about five to six meters long and so it's about roughly 25 square meters in total wow it's getting big that's per satellite? Yeah. And they typically launch a handful of these at a, at a yeah. time, right? Like his goal is to have like tens of thousands of these things up yeah. around the earth. How these things aren't hitting each other, I have no idea. Or getting hit by other things? Yeah. All, he, this, all the space debris? Because Starlink's not the only company launching these up there. No. Amazon, they've got a company that's doing that as well. Uh, it's going to get crowded up there. Yeah, I imagine they have to have their own little orbits at certain... They would distances and heights but the interesting thing for me john and you know this collaboration with t-mobile and starlink makes complete sense at what point does the technology become good enough for elon musk to launch his own cellular service well i do i don't even think you call it cellular anymore it's like a satellite phone service space phone yeah like there's even rumors that the new iphone 14 is going to have satellite phone capability for, for emergencies, emergencies yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I kind of, I think we talked about this when the first Starlink satellites went up, is like, this isn't a stretch to imagine it going to the next level and it becoming basically a blanket over the earth. Yeah. Because right now, I think his, his primary goal is just North America, is it not? Yeah. And, but... United States. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it wouldn't take much. Or, you know, is it is a case of... Is it lots of little satellites or is it a few bigger satellites that can make this happen quicker? Right now, from what I understand, um, the cell cellular bandwidth in remote locations will be about two to four megabits per cell zone. So enough for thousands of voice calls and millions of text messages. So you're not getting enough bandwidth for like streaming Netflix or you know downloading. So you're getting dial-up, but you're getting dial-up where there was nothing before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an interesting thing, John, right? Like when the satellite technology becomes advanced enough, what happens to all the terrestrial? Yeah. I, I just realized I just used the term dial-up. I wonder how many people actually know what dial-up is anymore. 
Well, I think most of our audience might. Our audience <laughs> might, but they're kids. Yeah. Robin, did you ever use dial-up? No, no. So Robin, how old's Robin? 26, 27? Yeah. Looks like he's 15. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they, they never, they never um, had to experience a modem. And remember the sounds? Well, it's kind of like the stuff I play on my synthesizer now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Anyway, uh, we're talking all about uh, Elon Musk's Starlink doing a deal a collaboration with T-Mobile in the U.S. I imagine that he would probably want to do something in Canada as well. Uh, he says, he's tweeted that this service will also be coming to Tesla cars. Yes, yeah. that's interesting too. Yeah. So your software updates will become, you know, you don't have to be using a cell service anymore. Yeah. Which is probably going to be saving him in his bottom line. Yeah. Because he can use his own service to provide those updates instead of, I don't know if the bandwidth is enough, though. That's the thing, right? Well, this is what they're saying. Yeah. Maybe they're saying that not to scare all the Well, because <laughs> the, the carriers must be like, oh, my God, we got to get on this. We'll either partner with them or do our own thing. Yeah. But can they afford to launch thousands of satellites into Earth? Probably not. Orbit. And they're going to have to pay... Elon Musk company. <laughs> to launch them. He can't lose right now, can he? Well, maybe in Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting time. You know, we see he's into everything like communication, energy, yeah, tunnels. You know, with his boring company yeah. uh, and SpaceX. I just wonder, you know, where is that all going to? Like, you know, we've seen with Artemis, the Artemis mission. I think the launch was scrubbed this week. Yeah, and it's costing billions. Like, I wonder how much cheaper SpaceX could do. Well, and they do it in style too, in those little white capsules, right? Exactly. <laughs> like the Tesla capsules, I'll call them. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. I want to give a shout out to our sister show, Sundays on the Chorus Radio Network. And if you're in Toronto, that would be Saturday night, actually, right after this program right now. You'll have to tune in. We're going to have a discussion about artificial intelligence and art once again. We've talked about this uh, a few times now. Uh, there's a, uh, a new bot called midjourney.ai. It's available on the Discord messaging platform. It's an AI tool that lets you generate amazing works of art just using keywords. And what does that mean now from an ethical standpoint, from a copyright standpoint? There's some... Interesting developments happening. Uh, a user down in the U.S. has actually won an art competition submitting one of these computer-generated pieces. He beat all the humans. And the humans are not happy about this. No, humans are hating him and the computer. I want to thank all the folks that helped put Get Connected together, including John Beeler, my uh, co-host and producer, and, of course, Robin back at the studio. We will see you again next time. <laughs>